some crust if I get in. Welcome to the Potato Week Podcast with your host, Dan Fleming and Tom Crossman. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, TJ. We did it again. Yes. Um, with only one restart. Yeah, not too bad. We're getting better. Yep. Welcome to episode 204 of Potato League Podcast. I just uploaded episode 203 this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> usually the, if I, if I don't, the way that I remind myself to upload is I leave this laptop, I won't take it off this, out of this area, because it's not usually here. Yeah. Uh, I will not take it off my little uh, desk here. Until I've uploaded it. But this week was a remote week for school. So I didn't do it that Sunday because I can't remember why. And then on Monday, the laptop was upstairs all week uh-huh. and I just never even thought of it. <laughs> uh, so when I brought it down today, I was like, I immediately knew. I was like, I did not upload last week. So Well, then it's just a bonus for everybody else. Yeah, I, it was, uh, I uploaded it like 9 o'clock this morning. Can't complain. And that was the best of 2021 because that's what I called it. Yeah. Right? Okay, good. I picked out a good thumbnail for it, too. Nice. It's a dumpster fire. Appropriate, yes. Yep. Um, we got all of our uh, political ranting out of the way before we started, so we don't have to do it now. Um, but yeah. We also did not, I don't think, talk at all about what we're, what we're doing today. Um, did we? No, we did not. Okay. I thought I thought you were gonna say yeah we did. No, we didn't. Um, oh, you know what you should do right now before we both forget about it again is grab those two movies behind you that are on that. Yes, thingy. so I don't forget those again. Because did you like get home and like man I want to watch Superman? Oh, oh Jesus, I'm knocking Paul over. Yeah, that he goes over. I got, way too yeah, much. he does. I got to do something because that's also now like Carson Wentz also went down, but that's not yeah, that's usual. about right. Uh, actually, Carson Wentz has been, I've had him on his head for most of this, yeah. uh, No, because uh, we year. have, we have three of the Edgar Allan Poe ones. With, I have that case if you want to take it. With a book, a raven, and I can't remember what the third one is that we now have, because they keep putting out little variants where they just change what he's fucking holding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and every time you walk by that case and breathe on it, two of them go down. Yeah. That's pretty great in here. Um... Well, that illustrated cover. Yeah, it's different from the the other version that I had that didn't have the digital in it. But uh, so yeah, uh, that Man of Tomorrow was actually quite good. The Superman movie. So let's see what we watched. What did you watch this week? I watched a ton of shit this. Well, not a ton, but I watched a good amount. Um. Get to my uh, app, of the, app of the year things. letterboxed. Oh, sorry to and go go to my diary. Uh, yeah, because when we recorded, like on what the second or the third? Third, third. Okay, yeah. So, um, 
this was a week I actually knocked a few off my classics I, I need to watch list. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I have the uh, Criterion Channel now, which is helpful for that because they've got a ton of classic films on there, as well as uh, I have the Turner Classic Movies app, oh. which is free for a little while. So I watched uh, a couple things on that. But um, started out with my, my rewatch of Goodfellas. Yeah. Because uh, this Tuesday I posted the first post on uh, from HBO to Front Row. Oh. Uh, HBO to Front Row.com for those of you who want to check it out, which you should. Oh, crap. I didn't put that in the, the description that I meant to. Oh. I think I did the week before, though. Hmm. I don't know. So I started that off with a, you know, a rewatch of Goodfellas just to get it back into the the bloodstream, so to say, which uh, tonight I'll be rewatching Pump Up the Volume, which will be the movie I'll be talking about this week. Um, I actually also wrote up a piece on Pretty Woman. Really? Which is why I need. Which is why I wanted to ask how many times you watched it. Oh, okay, yes, because uh, yeah, Dan texted me last week, I guess out of the blue, and asked me how many times I'd seen Pretty Woman. Um, a lot. Well, it's because Andrea also watched that a lot, mm-hmm. and um, this was a director's cut. And but nothing really highlighted that it was a director's cut, and there's like six extra minutes in it. Really? Uh, so Andrea kept going, "This isn't in the movie." I would notice. Yeah, she noticed. Like, she's like, "This isn't in the movie," and I'm like, "I, I've only seen it twice prior to this." Yeah. Um, and again, not since high school. And it got me thinking as to why I didn't watch it. And yeah, Dan, why didn't you? Uh, I I actually kind of blame toxic masculinity a little bit. Huh? Because. Um, it was, it was a bit of a chick flick at that time, you know. To be fair, the, the people I watched it with most were the Russell sisters, so. Yeah. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. Um, and I remember how many times I ended up having to watch Dirty Dancing. Oh, see, I think because, that is like, a wretched I, film. I'm okay with Dirty Dancing. Ugh. Pretty Woman, I think, is better. Like, And again, that was yes. the other thing, is like, how enjoyable it, you know, how many times did I cost myself watching a fun film just because I was like, oh, it's a girl film. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to ca- get caught up in that again. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever had that problem. I did for a while. I definitely did in high school. I had like, oh, I can't watch that. Dan, I was watching a musical when you walked in. I, I <laughs> And I would now. Like, I, I, I count Hedwig and the Angry Inch as one of my top five favorite films, and that's about a, a, a transgendered, you know, rock and roll musical. Um, definitely something that, like, I would have not watched in high school, probably. But, yeah, watching Pretty Woman, it was it was fun watching it with someone who had seen it so many times. And it's like, I remember the iconic stuff. Sure. But, like, I had totally forgotten what a complete bastard Jason Alexander is in that film. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a straight-up rapist. Yes. <laughs> and um, I forgot how awesome Hector Elizondo is in that film. Oh, yeah. Because... Didn't he win an Oscar? No, no. Or get nominated for one? He might one? have nominated. I don't know. Hey, Google. Oh, I don't think the mic's on. The mic's back on. Thank you. Hey, Google. Did Hector Elizondo get nominated for an Oscar for Pretty Woman? Sorry, I don't have any information about that. Oh, so probably not. Racist son of a... <laughs> no, it was just... It was neat watching it, uh, especially in my, my post-social worker. I have to see just how, like, compassionately... He treated her once he... Yes. Like, the fir- I mean, obviously the first time they kind of met, not so much. Because it was still kind of like, oh, and once, well, he, once he checks out, you will no longer be around, right? But he still, you know, 
Because I'm sure in his line of work, he's had more than a few troublesome prostitutes cross like, his path. Like when Lauren Sanji and Como comes to visit her to get She's money. She's great, too, in that movie. She is. Um, her teeth were less gapped at that point, which I noticed. Hmm. Um, Can I have to charge you a little more than I charge you? It's not going to be around that much. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that movie in 20 years, Dan. Yeah. It, I highly recommend rewatching it. Um, yeah, I think it's, I will. It's it's again. I wonder how much of it I can still just. It's so say. it's so easy to see why Julia Roberts became Julia Roberts after that. Yeah, she's, uh, she's just so fucking wonderful in it. Um, well, see, I think that's the difference between uh, not just not the only thing that the reason that I don't like Dirty Dancing, but. Julia Roberts is so much better than anything. <laughs> Jennifer Grey. Yeah, Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Who, Jennifer Grey, who, by the way, I'm not shitting on her because she's the best thing in Ferris Bueller. Yeah. The whole Shauna thing is <laughs> fucking awesome. So I'm not shitting on her, but that character is so unlikable mm-hmm. that, for me, that, like, just fucking go away baby mm-hmm. you know and then julia roberts on the, it's not even close oh god no 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 i mean it's if we were to do a top 10 like star making turns that's fucking yeah. right up there didn't we we did we did a tournament like that i don't think she this, was this just jogged a memory <laughs> I, I don't know if i ever included that because it wouldn't have been that much on my radar because again i didn't fucking watch it enough <laughs> but i think that we didn't it win? Didn't didn't whatever we were doing? Didn't either Pretty Woman or Julie Roberts win whatever little contest we it were doing? Might have been honestly. I that was so many years. That was like three marches ago. But yeah, we did a star making turn tournament. We might actually have we to go find that episode. Gotta and find dig out. that thing out of the archives. Um, I think we did. But yeah, it was it was so much fun to watch that. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to write about it, which is what will be coming out next Friday. I've also been writing a list of, like, because this month is the 1990s and, like, what films I'm going to be writing about. Uh, started watching, didn't get a chance to finish it yesterday, started watching The Grifters. Um, I don't think I ever got through that. It's it's tough for me, because it's based on the book by Jim Thompson, who I fucking love his books. Golden Globe. And the screenwriter was Donnelly Westlake, who was a long, was, like, is a world-famous crime writer better known by some by uh, Richard Stark. Huh. He wrote the Parker novels, which were very, very hard-boiled. Like, so Westlake and Thompson, you've got the hardest-edge crime writers of their time. And you, you, and, and you, you, you cast Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And again... Who uh, is a fucking straight psycho. Oh, yeah, nowadays, yeah. Yeah. What a fucking loon he is. But yeah, John Cusack is about as soft as a leading man as you can get for that time period. He's who you get when you want that. Yeah. So putting him in, especially in the scenes where he's opposite Angelica Houston, he's just dwarfed. Yeah. Like, he is so badly outclassed. Yeah. Um, and, it's a, and this is a early, early role for um, Annette Benning as kind of the... Uh, the mall of the movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so she's she's good. I'm enjoying her. But yeah, every time uh, he comes on screen and it's his scenes, I'm like, 
I'm not buying him as a con man. I'm not. Which, I mean, and Stephen, Stephen Frears has directed uh, this crime film in the 80s called The Hit, which was really fucking good. What was it? The Hit. With Terrence Stamp. Recently on the Criterion Collection. Um, but yeah, uh, he also did Dangerous Liaisons. So he can do some shit. But... I remember at the time liking the Grifters because it was like the first time I'd ever been exposed to con men. You know, like like real true con men looking things. and <laughs> Real conny stuff. After, now I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. This is not nearly as good as I remember because, I mean, I did that whole year-long blog where I did nothing but crime fiction and got exposed to so many things. I'm like, this is, I get it, they're trying for a neo-noir. Just watch John Dahl films if you want a 90s neo-noir film, you know, watch Red Rock West or, um, oh Christ, what was the Linda one? Last Seduction. You know, those are fucking great neo-noirs. I have Last Seduction on a list somewhere. Yeah. From I the think, last time I talked about it, probably. Yeah, uh, uh, because I think it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Almost likely. But yeah, The Grifters is, is that how while it watching... <sighs> nice. Is that good? Yeah. Um, but yeah, watching the, uh, watching, I mean, Angelica Houston's just awesome in anything, and she did not get utilized well in the 90s. I mean, she pretty much had The Witches, that, and, and then, um, Royal Tenenbaums. And Other Adam's that, Family. Oh, okay, so she was used well for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when she we just, used... We just watched that. Yeah. It holds up. I watched it back in October. Yeah, it it's, holds up well. It's fine. Yeah. Is there? There's two, right? Yeah. yeah the second and Adam's one's, Family Values. second one's awful. It's not awful, but it's not great. But that, I think, is the one where you get the MC Hammer rap. Yes. That's that's where I get my awfulness from. Because <laughs> I, 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 I had never seen the first one. Yeah. And I actually kind of liked it. Um, I don't think I tracked it on the, uh, on the app because I missed a gap in the middle or I fell asleep or something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind it. It was when we got to Adam's Family Values that I was like, yikes, I'm out. Yep. The kids still watched it, but... Yeah. Or I think, actually, Tilly was the only one that really held on. Uh, then, one of my first forgotten classics that I, I've never seen, and it's one of those I've meant to see a bunch of times, because this guy only made three films while he was alive, and there's no reason why I can't watch all three. I've already seen Rebel Without a Cause, so I watched... Oh, you watched East of Eden. East of Eden. Uh, based on the Steinbeck book, which I've read, so... I have not. Um, I love Steinbeck. I'll read all his shit, but, um... Well, you can now, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna... He's not gonna write anymore. He's not gonna write anymore. Um... You got what you got. Yeah. It's very, very easy to see why everyone thought this guy was gonna have a big career. I mean, he's awesome in Rebel Without a Cause, but he's really, really good at East of Eden. Uh, it's a tale of about two brothers... We're talking about James Dean. We have not said yes, his James name. Yes, James Dean. <laughs> we didn't um, say his name. No. Uh, the movie's about him and his brother and their father. They own a they own a lettuce farm. It's prior, right immediately prior to World War One. Um, Dean is seen as the screw up brother, while his other brother can do no wrong. Um, Classic Dean. They uh, invest in ice so that they can ship their lettuce to New York. They find a way to ship it to New York. And unfortunately, the train gets like caught up in a snowstorm. And all the ice melts. Irony. Ru- ruining the lettuce. 
so the dad loses a ton of money. But James Dean goes into business um, selling beans because World War One magic beans. No, just regular. Which prior to World War One, beans were magic because you could ship, you could can them and ship them overseas to the soldiers. Right. So he invested just the right time, made a ton of money, did well. But his father was still like, "You're profiting off war." I don't want this. No, I I don't want this money. The GIs. Yeah. Yeah. So even when Dean would do well, his father wouldn't see it. And Dean ends up stealing his brother's girlfriend. Um, the one thing that really struck me about this film was how much Legends of the Fall took off I was off just going to say, this is sounding very familiar. Yeah. No, it is. It's, you know, the, the, the handsome son that doesn't get his dad's approval ends up stealing his son other brother's girlfriend. Ends up stealing his other brother's girlfriend. What happened to Julia Ormond? I don't know. Probably he's still doing French films. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as I'm watching, I'm like, fucking Christ. This is Legends of the Fall. Steinbeck stole from Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and I, so 60 I, years so, earlier. So of course, I'm like, am I the first person to notice this? <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be, but I, yeah. I surprisingly, there weren't that. I only found like one or two articles online about it. Well, there would be a lot more people doing it in the direction that you are. Yeah. I wonder if you went back and looked at, are there any uh, people watching Legends of the Fall getting East of Eden vibes? Well, th- that's the thing, too. Is like, you know what I mean? These are two ve- overlapping circles in a Venn diagram that probably aren't going to overlap that much. Because East of Eden, po- popular in 1955, right. is not... When you think of James Dean, this is not the film you think of. Right. Young film young filmmakers watch Rebel Without a Cause, you know, in film school. You don't watch East of Eden. Pe- people who are watching Legends of the Fall, especially especially now, how many people are either either watching either of those films? Right. So, and I've seen them both within the past year. So I think that's probably why it clicked so easily with me. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised that there wasn't a lot of academic writing on that subject between the two. Maybe you're the one to do it. Maybe. Maybe, maybe there'll be a forthcoming article when I get to Legends of the Fall, because that was a 90s film. Also, the film that Andrea named her son after. Did James Dean's uh, Native American wife get shot in the chest? No. Oh. He, he, he did not have a wife. <laughs> Although he did kind of fool around with the Hispanic ladies in this one, apparently. Good for him. He was a bit of a cad. Uh... Good film, though. I really it also it. sort of has um, uh, Adams vibes, the the Adams miniseries, because one of his mm-hmm. kids was kind of like that, and then John Quincy, of course, was yeah. <laughs> the do no wrong was the president eventually. Where so. did I watch that on? Did I watch that on HBO Max? I actually watched that one on. Really? Yep. Um, then the one that I'm very excited to mention, uh, I watched The Godfather Part Three. Oh. I mean, sorry, The Godfather Coda, yeah. The Death of Michael Corleone. Yeah. I saw no fucking difference. Really? Um, That's what I was worried about. I, w- cause I, w- I haven't seen part three in 20 years. I still need to yeah, go back because I have, it on, uh, I have it on my shelf. Apparently the opening and the ending is slightly different. Yeah. Nothing that I would have noticed. Yeah. I, if I go back and watch them both, like, but again, I wasn't going to sit through both films that close together. I wasn't going to watch the Coda and then go back and watch the the original version. I was never going to fucking do that. Oh, no. Um, then you'd have to watch it twice. Yes. That's not cool. Um, while the film itself is still 
structurally a decent film. I like the idea of Michael Corleone trying to go legit, of trying to rid the family completely of any and all illegal activities and having it not go well. I think we talked about this before, and I like the the Pope angle and stuff. But I do. Like, yeah, because what better way to try... I mean, we just saw a four-year president get legitimacy by the church, by siding with the evangelicals. There's right. no denying what a terrible human being Trump is. But because he sided with the evangelicals, a lot of people held their nose and voted for him in 16. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much what this was doing, was Michael Corleone was, you know, helping fund, he gave, donated a bunch of money to the church, was investing in one of their companies, to be, you know, was taking over from their shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and part of that was very interesting. Then you get to the stuff that's not. <laughs> like... Um, like, frankly, most of it. Like, frankly, most of it. Um, and the stuff that was interesting, it was... He was just doing retakes of other films. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't... The scene when, um, you know, Vincent takes out Joey Zaza during a parade. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's when, you know, my, Don Corleone originally took out that little... you know, back The white hat he, guy. The white hat guy. Although that scene way better. And he, yes. didn't, and he didn't go, Zaza, after shooting him. <laughs> I almost just spit my coffee out all of his Sorry, I should have held that one back a little bit. That um, whole, that, he's the worst. Oh, and that's the part that the really, worst. if you're, if the, this whole film is Michael struggling with staying legit, why do you invite Vincent into the family at all? He's a hood. You yeah. know he's a hood. Um, yeah, you're not going to let Zaza fucking kill him. <laughs> but you're also not going to be like, okay, come into the business. Oh, by the way, I'm giving you the name Corleone. I forgot at the end of the movie, he's the fucking Don. Yes. Anthony, I mean, uh, Andy Garcia is the fucking Don. Yes. Why? <laughs> I remember when I watched, uh, the first time I, I really watched Godfather Part 3, I was like obsessed with 1 and 2. Yeah. And at the end of, I didn't even know what I felt when I, mm-hmm. at the end of three, I was like, this isn't right. This yeah. doesn't feel, this, in, this feels yeah. re- very fake. In no way does Andy Garcia's character ever become a mafia don. No. He's not, he's an idiot. Yeah. He's a straight up idiot. He's too hot headed. He, well, he's he, a dumb Sonny. He, he, exactly, he had Sonny's fire, but <laughs> nothing <it>. else. <laughs> right, and nothing else. Um, you don't have Tom Hagen in this to kind of balance out. You have George fucking Hamilton, who honestly does nothing in the movie other than stand in the background of shots. Most I forgot of the that time. he was even in it. Yeah. Um, you have, and I this I'm like, okay, if you've got Tom Hagen's son as a priest in this film, why is he used for nothing more than, oh, hey, that's Tom Hagen's son. He's yeah. a priest now. How awesome would that have been for him to have been kind of being gently pulled into the family as a priest? Yeah. You know, where where's his loyalty start to go? He would have been a whole, maybe a better balance for Michael than Vincent. Um, you've got the whole, everyone knows Vincent is fucking his cousin. And they're all like, you can't keep doing this. It's dangerous. <laughs> 
It's like, no, it's not. It's fucking gross. Uh, dangerous? Dangerous, sure, but that's not what I would have used. Yeah. Yeah, no, him, you know, him fucking, like, another family's, you know, another head of the family's daughter would have been dangerous. Him fucking his cousin is just fucking gross and weird. And it, even, I, and they did, I think, pull some of that out of the movie, but they're still the fucking, where they're rolling Noki, Noki, which is just, that was weird. Forgot about that. Not too. the sexiest of pasta. I uh, block <laughs> <laughs> little balls that look like <laughs> yeah. Um, you st- yeah. They they and I, as I was watching it, I'm like, they could have pulled all of this out. There would have been a couple scenes where you're like, that doesn't make sense. Why that happen? But they could have pulled every scene with her out of it. And yeah, it's fine. just yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Joe Montana is okay in it. He's not given a lot to work with other than, okay, you're wearing the black hat in this movie. Yes, that's it. Um, other than that, this film is mostly good for, oh, oh, the cake was made by Clemenza's Bakery. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, it was like uh, fan service. Yeah, before fan service became a thing. It's like, hey, look at this. Here's that thing you, you like from that movie yeah. you love. Here's that thing you know. Um. Yeah, uh, looks and sounds great. Um, look, solo. The newest transfer looked, it looked and sounded great, though. Yeah, uh, sure. the scene with the helicopter attack at the restaurant was sounded oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Looked good. Again, though, makes no sense because it's like, okay, the gunfire is coming from above. Yeah. There's pillars everywhere. Yeah. Hide behind a fucking pillar. Yeah. And at numerous, at every option, everybody's trying to make a run for it. Yeah. It's like no. Just sit there. You're behind a fucking concrete pillar. Wait. You're gonna be okay. Or get back against the wall because he can't possibly hit that angle. Right. <laughs> well, I that was another thing I remember. But everyone dies trying to run through the middle. Right. I remember what that's another thing I remember about it. It's like, man, way more people died there than was necessary. Oh yeah. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, at most. Are maybe, they trying to? At do most, that? maybe four or five. Once the gunfire starts, but then again, once you see it, once you hear the helicopter, something isn't right. So much that Andy Garcia is the only one who went, something's wrong, you know. <laughs> it's if a the, hit. If the dumbest guy in the room. Yeah. It's a bunch of leaders of houses in that room right there. Not anymore, it's not. No. Um, I mean, they did the whole back going, you know, they went back to Italy, where he, Michael could reminisce about Apollonia. <laughs> Shouldn't have taught her to drive, I guess. No, no. Um, yeah, there, there are things in that movie that could have been really well if they had explored the right things and they just chose not to. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest, um, even if you can articulate it, because I'm thinking back to like me when I would have first watched it, that's probably it was that it kind of betrays everything else, Mm. Oh, uh, everything that came before it. And like without... Where, where it possibly could have been... There were so many missed opportunities, but... Oh, and, and tell me why Bridget Fonda's in that movie. I forgot Bridget Fonda was in that movie. Is she his girlfriend at the beginning or something? Very br- she plays a photographer yeah. at his... And she asks, what's a guy like that doing at a thing like this? When there's like a, a, a true-looking mafioso. And I'm like, did you not do any research as a photojournalist... <laughs> You're this. there to cover, cover Michael Corleone yeah. and ask him questions. 
and you wonder why there's a mafia-looking dude in the building. Yeah. You are just as smart as Vincent. Yeah, because, like, they, uh, and then she goes home and fucks Vincent, of course. And that's when his apartment gets invaded, and he's like, killer, I don't care. And after that, <laughs> you don't see her again. Yeah, I don't have any memory like, of that. While she's not a huge name, she's a big enough name that you think she's going to have a larger part to play. You would have known who she was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just like, I, I don't get why this character even exists. You could have just had him in that room with any woman. Yeah, right. Like Iron Man. Like Iron Man. Could have been Leslie Bibb. <laughs> She'd have been very young at the time. Yes. But yeah. Uh, that Leslie was, Bibb's mother. That was my uh, Godfather Part 3 hmm. review. Uh, then I watched another classic that I've been meaning to check off the list for a long, long fucking time. Uh, Terrence Malick's uh, 1978 film Days of Heaven. Nope, I haven't seen it. Uh, stars very young Richard Gere. He was in Pretty Woman. He was in Pretty Woman. Which also has maybe I need to get a copy of American Gigolo. Which was Paul Schrader's film from the early, early, early 80s. Yep. About a male prostitute. Right. I kind of want to see how they compare. I, I think that think, might end up being part of my piece. I don't think I've ever seen it. I have seen parts of it. But Which I, parts? <laughs> I get it. It is penis, because it is in that film. Is it really? I believe so. I'm watching it. Uh, but uh, Dave, Terrence Malick, um, you, you've probably seen uh, Thin Red, Thin, uh, Red Line. Yeah, uh, that is one of a uh, few movies that I have fallen asleep at at the theater. He's a very uh, naturalistic filmmaker. Uh-huh. Lots, yep. uh, takes his time. I have since seen it again, but... I love his movies. They're gorgeous. They're yeah, yeah. beautifully shot. Uh, this film was... It takes place during the Depression. He, him and... Uh, oh, God, I'm forgetting her name. Let me go to her name here. Brooke Adams... Uh, they play this young couple who are... Brooke Adams from uh, Against All Odds with Jeff Bridges. Yes. Um, which is another one they need to see. I like that movie. I remember seeing it once on HBO. Couldn't tell you, other than the Phil Collins song, what's in it. Um, but they play a young couple along with another young girl that they've kind of taken on whose parents were dead or something. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, I love how flippantly you're like, their parents are dead it's or not something. Part of the story. I don't give a it's, shit. It's not part of the story. Um, and they, they're they they're essentially hobos. They're going by train through the Midwest, looking for work, finding work wherever. Um, for some reason, they tell everyone they're brother and sister instead of a couple. Don't, okay. Don't know why. Um, but usually he is the hot-tempered one, and he usually fucks up, and they have to leave a job. Um, and one of the first scenes, he accidentally is working at, like, a coal, like, a steel mill or something. He accidentally kills the supervisor by punching him. Um, so they're, they flee. They're working on a farm. Does he eventually accidentally strangle a girl, and then she has to take him out in the woods and shoot him? No. no. But there I are was back some, on Steinbeck. But it definitely has a, a, a Mice and Men vibe to it. That's what I was getting. Uh, where you just know this isn't going to end well. Um, so they go Someone's to the farm. Someone's getting a bullet. Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and while they're working on this farm, the owner of the farm, played by young Sam Shepard, falls in love with her. And at the time, he's like, well, let's go for it. Let's go with this. We'll probably get something out of this, you know. So they get to stay on. Obviously, he stays on as a hired hand, and the young girl stays on as a hired hand while she marry, ends up marrying Sam Shepard and eventually falls in love with him, and then things go badly. Mm. Someone catches a bullet. Um, 
but just a beautiful, beautiful fucking film. They only would film it during the golden hour of light. It took wow. a while to film because they would only film for like that hour each day or two hours in the morning and the evening as the sun was about to come up or go down. So it's in lots of, you know, fields. And there's a scene where um, they're out trying to get rid of all the cicadas out in the field. That's yeah. just gorgeous. Just really, especially because it's something we don't see here in the east. Um, them watching, try, them trying to burn out cicadas out of a field. Right. And things get out of hand. But, uh... Clarity ensues. Yes. Uh, interesting to see Ed Richard Gere in a, a very serious, somber role. Because he's such a... We know him as leading man, Richard Gere. Right. And this was even before An Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, that one was is currently on the Criterion channel. Fucking With, prime years Lou Gossett Jr. right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I haven't seen that in forever, but I loved watching that movie. Um, it's got that nice Joe Cocker song. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then I watched uh, one of my Vinegar Syndrome titles that recently arrived. I, I can't remember if I told you the story or not. Oh, yes, yeah. between the multiple versions yeah. and copies of Yes. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I should watch one of these now that I own two copies of it. Yeah. Um, but I watched Fade to Black, which stars the guy who played... Eddie Kasprak in the 1990s hit, the adult version. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays a guy who works at a uh, film dispensary, like movie film, um, giant warehouse, and he's obsessed with movies and starts to go a little cuckoo. And by the end is accidentally killing people because <laughs> he's a bit of a psychopath, but he's also just a bit of an outlandish nerd, falls in love with a woman who looks like Marilyn Monroe, starts knitting going uh, by the name of the lead character of James Cagney in White Heat. Uh, very film obsessive. Uh, so much that as Andrea's watching it, she's like giving me the side eye. Like as, uh, you you know all the answers to these. Because there's a lot of like, he keeps asking people trivia questions and Andrea's yeah. like, you know these, don't you? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> uh, young Mickey Rourke as a bully. Very young Mickey Rourke. Uh, Fun oh film. my god! When you, I still have my head like in older movies. So when you said Young Mickey Rourke, I heard Young Mickey Rooney, and I was like, "What the fuck year is this movie that you're talking about?" Yeah, they used Mickey is Rooney. Is this thing from the twenties? Yeah, they used Mickey Rooney from Boys Town and just kind of digitally put him in there, which is the type of reference the main uh, character in this movie would have made. Right. Uh, but it was actually really fun film to watch. Uh, they used a. They did a lot of, um, like, when someone would talk to him and it'd, like, cut to a scene from an older movie as his reaction. Yeah. So it was very much like Dream On at points, the old HBO show. Good old Martin Tupper. Good old Martin Tupper. Guy was a book editor and book editor, and he could get it. Yeah. Uh, All day. Yeah. Different woman, like, every episode. <sighs> I miss that show. They put out one season of that on DVD. And oh, really? Yeah. I imagine the rights were fucking ridiculous for that. It must be available somewhere. I don't know. I don't even know if it's available on HBO. Oh, I don't think so. Which is weird, because it was an HBO show. It was, like... It was one of the first, like... Because I remember, like, wait, HBO... Because HBO was just where you watched movies. Yeah. And, like, wait, they're making a show? Yeah, they had, like, that and not necessarily the news. Yeah. And eventually, first and ten. Those yeah. were, like, their shows. 
Yeah, so it was. It, I, I remember that's that's that is actually a pivotal TV show. Yeah, I I watched that every Friday night. It was also the first, obviously, the first TV show that we ever saw that had swearing oh, and so many boobs, boobs so many and. Boobs. Because like we said, that guy could get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's well, just, I mean, that's a, what, that's what he's just a normal-looking schlub. Like, yep. He is not a han- like a movie-actor-handsome guy. He's I do remember thinking at the time, like, how is this guy getting... Yeah. How did he, A, get Wendy Malick? Right. Who played his ex-wife. Right. Yeah. And then every subsequent woman from there on, he just, like you said, he's just a schlub. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and then yesterday, Andrew and I were watching some YouTube like, best-of-the-year type things. Yeah. And somehow the, the movie The Lobster came up. So we watched yeah. The Lobster. Because she had never seen The Lobster. Did she like it? Yes. Yeah? That film is just delightfully insane. Yeah. Um, they don't ever explain why. For those of you who have never seen the movie... Um, it Paul, is... It's a very schlubby Colin Farrell. He put on, like, 40 pounds for the movie. It's Colin Farrell's best work. Yes, by far. Uh, uh, he goes, basically his wife leads him, and he goes to this resort where you have 45 days to fall in love with someone else there, or you get turned into an animal of your choice to live out the rest of your life. And he chose a lobster. Um, and while you're there, you can extend your stay by going out on hunts to hunt people <laughs> who had been there and had run away and were now living in the woods. And this is the weird thing, the people that were living in the woods, because you eventually meet them, they could leave. Like, they would take trips into the city, but would come back to stay in the woods. Everyone just had these weird codes where they would do what they would do yep. for no real reason. Um, John C. Riley's hilarious in it. Um, ben Wishaw, who ended up being Q in the new Bond films, is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot the- and the thing that I couldn't, that blew my mind once I saw her, because I'm like, I, this woman looks familiar, but I can't place it. The leader of the people in the woods is um, Fragile from Death Stranding. Oh, yeah, that means nothing to me. I didn't yeah. play Death Stranding. Yeah. But cool. I was like, oh, so shit. We... There she is. Um, first thing I'd remember actually seeing her in other than that video game. Huh. Um, it's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who had a big like Oscar buzz film a few years ago with The Favorite. Olivia Coleman's also in this. Um, just a Good she film. It's won, such an right. Yes. Yeah. It's just such an one of the most unique love stories you'll ever see. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. He picked lobster because they live a long time and for what? They were blue blooded like aristocrats. He liked that part. <laughs> His reasoning was hilarious. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember at one point Ben Ben Wishaw was like, "You're so stupid. Someone's going to fucking eat you." Yeah. And the other one, the John C. Riley character, had a lisp. Yeah. And that was like how he was always announcing. That's the other thing too, they would announce like, oh, this is my friend. He has a lisp. Yeah. This is my friend. He has a limp. <laughs> He's looking for another woman here who has a limp. So much that the guy who had a limp faked his faked bloody noses because he wanted to pair up with the woman who had bloody noses. Yeah. And the best part was that you had within these forty five days to fall in love and get find a mate. You got a single room. If you had found a mate, they moved you into a double room. If the double room worked out for two weeks, they put you on a yacht for two weeks. If at any point while you were in the relationship, the relationship was having problems, they assigned you a child, because that would take care of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, this is fucking... This is a pretty brilliant satire without pointing out it is. it's a satire of anything. Uh, what's Where is it right now? What's it on? My shelf. <laughs> where did I watch it? 
I might have given you the digital code for it. Because it came with a digital code. Actually, I, I tagged it when I watched it, so I'll find out. Um, I'm sure it's available somewhere. I just yeah. I own it because I, I fucking love Yorgos Lanthimos. <clears throat> the dude is... He makes incredibly interesting movies <laughs> that you're not going to see anywhere else. Uh, how do I look at my... Um, oh, go when back. I, when I logged it. Oh, yours is different than on an iPhone. Do I uh, click on, on the... the lo- you logged it. Click on that. Okay. Yeah, I'll just go back. There used to be a, I wish like, it told you On my you phone, there's a little it. button up here where you can hit... Ed- where you can edit, end up edi- editing it. And that's where it will tell you all the information on it. That was the last film I watched this week. Um, so is it this... Again, I'm uh, halfway through The Grifters. And because of um, Fade to Black, where he was obsessed with Marilyn Monroe, I realized I've never actually seen a Marilyn Monroe film. I don't think I have either. Um, so we happened to be in Bangor yesterday. And I stopped in at Bull Moose and picked up um, Some Like It Hot and Seven Year Itch. I'm surprised I've never seen some like it hot because that's on the AFI top 100. And I know we had it when I worked at Movie Gallery, but I just I never got around to actually renting that one. And it's a Billy Wilder film, and I love Billy Wilder films. So. What year would that have been? What? Some like it hot. Fifty <sighs> something. Eight nine. Uh, I can tell you. Or before that. But uh, yeah, Billy Wilder also did um, the Apartment and Su- uh, Sunset Boulevard, that? which are just fucking phenomenal. But yeah, I was like, how have I never actually seen a Marilyn Monroe film? But I haven't. Huh, I watched Lobster on Netflix. Ah. So Like It Hot was 1959, so very close. That's what I said. I thought you said 58. I think I said 58, 59, so I doubled ah. my chances of seven, winning. In seven year itch was 55. <sighs> yeah, so that was my movie watching for the week. Well, I didn't watch nearly as much, but... I did finish uh, watching Vice. Uh, did we talk about that on air? Because I know I watched really, most of really. it. Um, it's very similar to uh, to The Big Short in mm-hmm. style and everything. It's Adam K. It's basically the same actors, uh, almost all the same actors actually. Uh, well, I guess it's just Steve Carell and Christian Bale. I'm sure there's some other side people. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think who else is in it. But anyway, um, I mean, I'm whole. I got the fucking Letterbox app literally open in my hand. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder who else is in that movie. Um, I'll go to that. God, I'm bad at this. I did re-up my uh, my pro membership. Mine just, did too. Just the other day. Mine mine re-up two days ago. Uh, Apparently, I also learned that you have to watch ten films before it will start tracking your yearly. Stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I'm like, it's 2021 <laughs> and I've watched eight movies. Motherfucker, why? I want to know yeah, who I've seen the most. Yeah, why isn't it showing up yet as an option, apparently? I, I Googled it and someone out there was like, no, you got to watch like at least 10 movies before that'll Asshole. happen. Asshole. Yeah. I'm uh, like, they've got my they've got my data. Do they not think I'm going to watch 10 movies this year? <laughs> you know like, who I am. Like, I watched 403 last year, motherfucker. I'm surprised I haven't hit 10 yet. 
actually looking through, I think. And if I didn't have a lot of reading to do on Monday and Tuesday in preparation for the new uh, YouTube channel, then I would have. But I had to get all my reading for that done. Which I don't, doesn't have an address yet, but I'll pop it up when it happens. (coughs) And I will add it to the description of of the episodes, much like I just added the link to uh, HBO to Front Row on our last episode. Woo-ha! It is just Christian Bale. It's looking like Christian Bale and uh, and Steve Carell are the only two. Uh, Bale was uh, Cheney and uh, Steve Carell is uh, Donald Rumsfeld. First and foremost, the the makeup in that movie is amazing, mm-hmm. and Christian Bale is amazing. Yeah. If you are familiar with. I mean, he watched, you can tell, he watched hours of Dick Cheney talking because he sounds just like him and his mannerisms, everything, even the facial, the, the that weird thing he does with his face. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. The makeup is amazing. Um, the, the writing is just as snappy and the editing is just as, you know, you know, like yeah. big short, um, the reason The Big Short is a five for me and Vice is, I think, a three and a half is, and we, I think we talked about this yeah. off before, there are no redeeming characters in Vice. No, you can't root uh, for anybody. <laughs> there's no, because in The Big Short, you were rooting, you were, everyone else was awful. You were rooting for Steve Carell mm-hmm. and Kristen Bale. And <laughs> in that film, you're like, everybody listened to Christian Bale. Right. In this one, you're like, nobody, nobody listened. listened to Christian Bale. <laughs> There's no likable character in this. And this, I, I, admittedly, uh, it, <laughs> it kind of, Republican. Anyway. Well, no, but that's the thing. It makes it weird because it's also very, very clearly making him look bad. So, mm-hmm. like, this movie's kind of for no one. Because I don't want to watch it because it's like fucking PTSD. And no right-wing person would want to watch it because it's... For one, it's it's directed by a lefty. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's... But yeah, it doesn't paint the best picture. No. But I mean, it's... But they do make it very clear at the beginning. This, from everything we can understand, or like this, everything in this movie is true. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to pair that film. Because I've also never seen Oliver Stone's W. I haven't either. I think I'm going to pair those two this week at some point and watch them. I think uh, I watched Vice on I'm going to now use Letterboxd to find out what services W might be on. Does Letterboxd do that? Because I've yeah. been using the, the Just Watch app. That you they can... have the Just Watch at the bottom. Holy shit, that just cut down my need for extra apps. Oliver Stone, because usually if you just look up W, it's going to throw the world at you. Yeah. Oh, but it actually did. First thing it showed was W. Yeah, if you scroll to the bottom, you just click Just Watch. Oh. It tells you. W is currently available on Hulu and Amazon Prime, so I could watch either of those. So yeah, I, this week, at some point, I will do a double feature of Vice and W. Cause it'll be interesting, because as we talk about people who are fucking crazy... Oliver Stone has gone off the fucking deep end oh, as yeah. well. He's a fucking loon. I know, it's so weird, because he wrote and directed such great things in the 80s and early 90s that, like... We knew he was a nut, because <laughs> only a nut could make JFK. Right. Um, 
But yeah, that was always good for a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it, it still holds up. It's I, I watched I watched I it watched last it in years. I watched it last winter. It still holds up. It's a good movie. And again, an absolute necessity if you ever hope to win uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's a thousand people and there's in a that thousand movie. people in that movie for ten seconds. <laughs> every every game of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon goes through JFK. That, that and Sleepers. I would always use that in Sleepers every time. Did not get. Can to you use imagine Trevor's if he was in a Marvel movie? Oh, he's he, been in a well, Marvel adjacent, but he was in that Marvel adjacent movie with Patrick Stewart. And Michael Fassbender, who have been in everything. Right. So. Because there's uh, not anyone you can't connect to fucking Michael Fassbender now. I'll talk about the next one I watched after the one I watched after that, which was on Amazon Prime, there is a tool documentary. I saw that. I, I put it in my watch list. Yeah. No. I mean. Oh, that's too bad. It is. It's just a collection of, it is a, it's a, and I know this is going to be like, well, isn't that all documentaries? It kind of, I, I don't know. You ha, I, I, you can watch it. It's not like offensive to watch, but, yeah. but like, it's very, very low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, like some documentaries are just boring regardless of the yeah. subject. Cause it doesn't put, it doesn't know how to put them together well. Right. This is just a. Genesis of the band came out of Los Angeles in the late 80s. So it's essentially reading a Wikipedia article. Yes, that, bingo, thank you. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised that there's music in it, Mm because there is, because usually... They're not going to give you the rights. Right. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Tool just hasn't gotten around to it yet. (laughs) But it's on Amazon Prime. I would think, I don't think Amazon Prime would... Yeah, they don't usually fuck around with stuff like that. I wouldn't think they'd want to. Mm. Uh, so that's what was kind of weird to me is like this feels like it's authorized because there's like uh, I remember a, a couple of years ago I watched a Beatles documentary that I couldn't get through because it didn't get the rights to the music when they're unauthorized they're awful. and it's so hot it doesn't Especially feel right yeah it doesn't feel right that there's no music but there was music in this tool one it was actually the, the documentary from like 2008 so it's up to 10,000 mm-hmm. days um how sad is it that it's from 2008, but it only misses one album? <laughs> You're only missing one album, and it misses it by a decade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the Wikipedia thing is exactly what it is. And it's so, it's, it, it has some interviews with uh, the guy that produced uh, the middle two albums um, and some prominent, uh, you know, rock historian writers, you know, people that write for yeah. whatever. So it was all, like, legit people that they were interviewing, but it was just kind of like, yeah, this is what they did. And, and like, a couple of them, like, one of the guys, one of the guys that, that talks the most is just sitting there in, like, a dirty-looking T-shirt, and he's just, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's just not presented very well. Which, the audio is clearly just, it was recorded yeah. with a, well, in 2008, it was probably recorded with a handy cam with no additional audio, you know, like a mic or anything. So it's kind of got that echoey sound. It's just not. See, this, this actually great. goes in well to what I've been watching. I haven't finished yet. The, the Netflix series, uh, The History of Swearing. Oh, yeah. I, I keep. Hosted by Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Which, again, you get Nicolas Cage, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But with that documentary, they've brought in etymologists yeah. to talk about word histories. They've got 
PhDs in linguistics. They've got a woman who literally writes definitions for Webster's Dictionary and comedians. Yeah. And they use film clips and TV clips. They use all these things. And it's, before you even know it, 20 minutes, the 20 minute episode, like they dedicate an episode to each word. Um, I'm very disappointed they did not use the word cunt. Mm. I know that's, I know that's a word where all of a sudden some people probably listening to that just went, <gasps> all the more reason to have an episode over that. Yeah. Cause they lead off with fuck. Yeah. I mean, and Clearly. By, by the end, like one of them is the word damn. And it's like, I no, I don't care. That but, needed to be either first. But yeah, or not they, they the do list. like shit, fuck, pussy, dick. Maybe, maybe they talk about the c word in the pussy part of yeah, the because you could yeah you could also do a whole uh, yeah. just uh, sex organ yeah names. But but they also bring like science into this, which I didn't. It was actually they did a cool experiment. I did not know this was true. There's apparently like an ice bucket thing, where if you stick your hand in an ice bucket. And just talk normal words. You can keep your hand in that ice bucket for X amount of seconds. If you curse the entire time you're doing it, you can keep your hand in there longer. Huh. Even if the water is the same exact temperature and your hand is the same exact temperature. Because saying saying specifically the word fuck actually releases endorphins and adrenaline in your brain. I feel like that's true for me. Yeah. And they did another thing where like it increases your hand grip strength 5%. So, right, it does. Yeah, so they've also got scientists on the show. So here it is using a wide variety of sources, and it's incredibly interesting and compelling. I'm just thinking about the setup for that experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now squeeze. All right, now say fuck. <laughs> Look, guys, it jumped. And, and they do. They actually have like people like, on set. And it's like the, the comedians they picked are hilarious. Um. There's a I won't even name it. There's a wide variety. So it's kind of it was kind of like the uh, all the VH1, VH1 shows in the uh, yeah early it's, it's 2000s. very very similar vibe to the old like the I love the '90s type shit. What was the um, weekly show? But highly entertaining. Uh, what was the weekly show? All I can think of was the Soup, but I know it wasn't the Soup. No. It was something like I keep wanting to say last week tonight, obviously, but that's mm-hmm. not it. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the, the 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 tool thing. It was also, you know, you spend an hour and twenty minutes. I think it was maybe like eighty minutes long. Uh, talking about how like this revolutionary band that is, you know, outside the norm and does things in their own way and all this stuff, which is all true. And then this is the most straightforward. Uh, A to B to C to D uh, documentary that you could possibly make. Like, mm-hmm. it's so opposite from what they were saying about the band. The presentation of this documentary was like, couldn't be more cookie cutter. Yeah. And that's a shame. You know, it was like a. Yeah. Which is probably why it got authorized. Because there's literally nothing offensive in it. Yeah, I mean, it's... They're like, oh, you'll get the same thing reading any article about the band. Yeah. So go ahead, do it up. That's too bad. I mean, watch it if you want, but you're you're not getting it. Oh, I mean, the only... Another person that was in it was the Green Jelly guy. I can't think of his name, but... Yeah. So it was all, like, people that would know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because a lot of people don't know that two members of Tool were in Green Jelly. Yeah. Uh, 
so and, and you'll get all that from this documentary. But Ooh. you know, I, I don't know. You're not you're not yeah. gonna learn if you're gonna watch. Take, take the five minutes to read a Wikipedia entry instead of an hour and a half to watch the doc. Well, I would put it this way. Again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about who is this for. Anyone that would say, hey, I got an hour and a half to watch a tool documentary is not going to learn anything yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this is going to interest anyone who would, in any circumstance, sit down and watch a documentary yeah. on, on the band. Uh, the thing that I actually watched before that, Robin and I watched the night before, uh, was Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah. On Amazon. Yeah. Uh, with... Paul Bettany and uh, Sophia Lillis. That's on my list of things to watch. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, Robin, Robin, though, it was 20 minutes into it that she's like, why is he so familiar? Why is his voice so familiar? And I was like, Robin. Yeah, that's the vision. (laughs) I said, that's Jarvis. That that's vision, and she goes, Oh, she got that far into it without <laughs> realizing who it was, which I thought was interesting. And I, I wonder if it's just Robin's not great when people change act because now he has a southern accent in this, so I mean, that I the dude's had like a 20 year movie career, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not just known for that, <laughs> it's really good. Um, it's got a uh, got a son of a bitchin' Stephen Root in it. Uh, Add Stephen Root to anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm very glad to see, though, that Sophia Lillis continues to get interesting, good work. Well, Robin, Robin goes, well, she got to keep the same haircut. <laughs> she pretty much has all along. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, again, she's still probably under 17, so. I don't know. Uh, hey, Google, how old is Sophia Lillis? I bet she's 18. 18 years old. Yes. Yep. Um... Steve Zahn is in it, and I hate Steve Zahn, <laughs> but he's really he's he's got a very small role in this. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? She was the secretary on Arrested Development. Oh, Judy Greer. Yeah, uh, Judy Greer's in it. Uh, it's 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 really good. It's a, it takes place in the sixties, late sixties, early seventies. Uh, Paul Bettany is a college professor in New York, I think at NYU, or Columbia, NYU, maybe, uh, it doesn't matter. A good school in New York. Yeah, from the, gay, and from the South in the 60s, so he has, uh, his father loves slash hates him, and the, the only person that really likes him in his family is his niece, Sophia Lillis. Can't remember her name, Beth, I think. Um, and the whole movie, she ends up going to school there, and the whole movie, this is all right at the very beginning. Uh, Stephen Root dies. He's the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole movie is them, it's kind of a road trip movie, and then them traveling from New York back to South Carolina, I think, for the funeral, and then the funeral itself. Um, very much worth watching. Uh, we, we liked it a lot. It's, it's one of those where it's like, it's on the list. Yeah. But I mean, we just watched like a watch mojo, like best films of the year. Yeah. And they did it like each 
basically each each genre of film got a one one of the numbers on the top ten, but they would talk about like five or six films before they would talk about the number one. And it gave us a watch list of like twenty five films. And I've kept up on shit this year, it seems like. And even now I'm like, nope, no, I haven't. Anything really stand out? Um, like I still haven't seen Borat. Still haven't watched Tenet. I won't um, watch Borat. I can't. It, Borat makes me uncomfortable. It's tough. I've um, never even seen the first one. But what's really cool about this list, of this list of like 25 films, only two or three aren't available at all streaming. Hmm. Almost all of them are, oh, this one's on Shutter. This one's on Amazon. This one's on Apple. This one is on HBO, Hulu, Redbox. You know, almost all of them are readily available, which... Years past, that didn't happen. Right. Usually, because this year the Oscars aren't until April. I didn't, I just learned that. Huh. Yeah, they pushed them back. So, things up until February count. Our, Which just throws our best list of the year off even more. So, there's no the nominations or anything there Not yet. They won't, be, they won't be known until February. When uh, are they usually? Around this time? December. Yeah, because it's usually February yeah. or early March when the Oscars are held. Right. But everything's pushed back a month or so. Um, but usually when those happen, mo- there's the majority of the films usually aren't available to watch. It was also the night that uh, Steven Seagal's character got murdered in Mark for Death. Mark for no, no. The one with Kelly LeBrock. Hard to kill. I you could have said any three hard, words. No, hard to kill because I had that poster. Okay, <laughs> I had that poster on my wall. Then that one. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We watched some dumb fucking movies. Oh, yeah. Think about Commando now. Just think about I it. I still love Commando. The movie's yeah. so fucking dumb. Yeah. But, like, um, <laughs> so I, I, I've actually, I'll be writing a piece about this for the website, actually, because about 90s action stars. Yeah. Oddly enough, the ones that hold up the best are the Van Damme ones. Like, the Seagal ones, other than Under Siege, are fucking garbage. Under like, Siege isn't very good. But that's the best one. Is it? Yeah. At least in my opinion, that's the best one. What's the Van Damme one? Is it Kickboxer where he takes on the the, the big... Uh, Kumite. Kumite. Sure, yeah. the guy that kicks palm trees down Bobo or something. Young, the guy with the biggest pectoral muscles in the history of the world. Cool. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, that's, that's, ki- kickboxer? That's, that's Kickboxer? What are other Van Damme Oh, wait, Damme where's ones? that death sport? Bloodsport. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Uh... I think Bloodsport is Kumite. I don't know. I have. Dear God, they're so similar. I have no idea. If now I don't know what the other one would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what? What's if that's not Bloodsport? What's no, Blood no, because Bloodsport's the one with the guy who had like the the fucked up face with the top knot ponytail type of thing. I think that's what I'm thinking of. That's Bloodsport. So what's the other one? Kickboxer. No, but what? No, so, Bolo Young was in Bloodsport. <laughs> Dear God! Show me you... this person, Bolo Young. Again, like that guy. Oh yeah, see, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Then you're thinking of Kickboxer, I believe, which is the next year. They're literally a year apart. <laughs> is it roughly the same movie? It is, right? Of course, but that guy. Yes, that the yeah, that's the guy, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's Kickboxer. Where he kicks a tree down? Yes. Second picture on Look IMDb is him kicking the fucking tree. 
Yeah, I think I think I remember. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch both of those again sometime. Soon. Which one is the one where he does the the dance? Uh, oh, the dance in, splits like, that's a, gymnastic. That's in like nowhere to hide or something. That you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, where he's like, and the fucking ladies are going bananas. Yeah, oddly yeah. enough, that, I think that was nowhere nowhere to run, directed by John Woo. That was like John Woo's first like American film. And he like does a big split. And... Oh yeah, but well, he, he, I think he was contractually obligated. He I think so his, too because he also did it in like every you know, movie, Universal Soldier, and um, Time Cop. Well, doesn't he do it between two stumps in that oh, I movie think that's, right yeah, there? I think this is where he first figured out he could do it, and people were like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" <laughs> so it became like his thing. That that was his version of the Chuck Norris Roundhouse spin kick. Man, yep. Yeah, I now have to watch Bloodsport and Kickboxer so I can tell the difference between the two. Because right now, I can't. I think... And I I know I watched one of those a million times. I think I've... I think it's... It must be Kickboxer that I've seen a bunch of times. Because I... I'm not even... Is that the one where he dips his hand in the glass or is that Bloodsport? See, I think that's Kickboxer. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Honestly, goodness, I don't... Because it seems like if you dip your hands in glass to fight, that should be be Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Because Kickboxer... Kickboxer, It's the sport of the future. Kickboxer (laughs) is the one... Where top knot guy kills his brother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What happens in Bloodsport? What's the synopsis <laughs> of Bloodsport? Follows Frank's Ducks, an American martial artist serving in the military who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where fights to the death can occur. And Kickboxer is. Kickboxer is Kumite. Bloodsport is Kumite. Because that's the name of the tournament. Kickboxer. He is, is told by his superiors in the army that he can't go because they need him, but he does it anyway. <laughs> of course he does. I, he doesn't give a shit. Is that the? He, I, yeah, that's when Forrest Whitaker's in. Forrest Whitaker was in Bloodsport because he plays one of the other officers, and the dude who played Ogre in the Nerd movies is in it because he was one cool. of the fighters. <laughs> yep. At this point, I cannot tell the difference between those two films. I'm still not, nothing you said about Bloodsport is familiar. Mm-mm. Me either. I'm, so we're probably thinking of Kickboxer for the most part. I mean, if you had said, I will give you a, well, no, because that's, that's not a fair one. I was going to say. I did watch Kickboxer The Return, though. What? It was just recent. Is it also? It's, it's a, it stars Old Man Van Damme. Cool. <laughs> it, was what, it was right after Logan, and they were like, holy shit, we can kickstart all kinds of old yep. franchise films by just making them old. Yeah. Let's do it. We do a grizzled old version of this. Yeah, because at least Van Damme didn't turn into who Seagal is now. Yeah. So I can still kind of, even though Van Damme's probably a giant douchebag, he's not a Seagal level dickbag. Well, I think that uh, Van Damme probably understands uh, that he's an entertainer. Yes. And not actually these people. Yeah, that, he's not actually out for justice. I. <laughs> Which that one, I, think, I cannot tell you the plot of. I think that Steven Seagal truly thinks that he is marked for death. Yeah. Or, and also, hard to kill. Hard to kill. <laughs> Christ. Marked for death is the one with the, like, Jamaican mob. Yeah, screw this. <laughs> That's the main villain's name. Yeah. Screw this. <laughs> yeah. They're all Jamaican. That, that movie's fucking dumb. Yeah. That's the one where he, like, snaps a guy's arm. Mm-hmm. Like, snaps it. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> oh, Steven Seagal, you 
does he 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 doesn't even live in the United States anymore, right? Isn't he like he's off in Russia? I think. Yeah, because he's like wanted for tax fraud or yeah. something. Cool. Yeah, after tagging along with like New Orleans cops for a while for a TV show, he is now out in fucking Russia. Yeah, good for he him. He always had the outfits for it. Yeah. Boy, he always acted he's, like he was deeply, you know, far eastern. He was looking a little puffy the last I saw. Oh him. Jesus, was he I ever? Think his head was gonna fucking explode. What is that? Is that what? What? What is that? I don't know. That's just what happens, I guess. Uh, what else have we got? I don't know. What else have you watched? Anything else? I've watched. Uh, Robin and I started watching Queen's Gambit. Ah, still have not yet. Uh, it's really good. Andrew and I right now are cruising through the the good place. The um, uh, Queen's Gambit is limited series. I think there's seven episodes. We're on four, maybe, so we're about halfway through. Like the first couple, uh, like the whole, most of the first episode, she's nine. So it's not um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really come along until like the end of the first episode into the second one. But, like, for most of episode two, we're to believe she's 13. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just... So it's kind of hard to follow the the timeline a little bit during episodes two and three. Because it's several years, but, like... She's clearly a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, she was, like, 18 in The Witch. And yeah. that was, like, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, she's... Is she really... Because that would be awesome if I got that age right. I've been really doing good with the Find dates. Uh, hey, Google. How old is Anya Taylor-Joy? 24 years old. Oh, fuck. I was very close. But I said she was 18 and The Witch was, like, six years ago. Yeah. Boom. Uh, <laughs> we, yes. are on, we are on our game. So it's a little weird uh, at that point. Although... She's actually 15, but she says she's 13, so she can get adopted better. Get adopted better. More likely to get adopted. Um, but it's it's very good so far. It's, uh, I love that uh, I love that time period done really well. Uh, yeah, the art direction looks amazing. It's awesome, awesome. Uh, it takes it's basically early to mid 60s. We're in 1966 right now, so uh, yeah, it looks great. Very speaking of JFK, JFK time period. Mm. Uh, it, it, yeah, and it looks amazing because it's she travels all over the country, so there's different locales. So you get like you know '60s Las Vegas a little bit because that's where her tournaments are. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're um, we're really enjoying it so far. What's the other thing? Robin, I think has she burned through Shit's Creek. She lapped me long ago. Um, there was something else that I started watching. I think by myself, and now I don't remember what it was. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> so. I think that's it. I have, I wanted to watch, what was my plan to watch? Oh, it'll come to me later. It was something that you had either recommended or had talked about uh, recently. Is there anything, is there anything coming? You know what I mean? Like, is there, like, a lot of our, well, uh, I know, uh, our trailer discussion business has dried up. Yeah. I know that, um, Vision and Wanda, WandaVision, yep. comes out the 14th or 15th. 15th it's yeah. it's soon. Next Friday. Yeah, okay. Oh, good. I like having those on Friday. Yeah. Um, 
Because we would always, because Tristan would come stay with us on the weekends, mm-hmm. and we would always watch The Mandalorian with right. dinner on Friday night. So that'll work out well to watch WandaVision. Um, I'm trying to think of any, I haven't posted any trailers on our site even for a while. I know we've talked about it, I don't know if we ever talked about it on air, but the, the Nobody trailer is the only even trailer that I've seen recently of, ooh, you know what I want to watch is uh, Lockdown. Did you see the trailer for Lockdown? No. All right, we'll pause then. All right, we're back. Yeah, that was a good trailer. Um, What looks like it's just going to be like a relationship drama that takes place during the lockdown, which when your two main leads are Chiwetel, Gia 4, and Anne Hathaway, I'm down for. If it had just been about them and their, because oddly enough, Andrew and I just had this discussion the other day, like, we were just debating, like, wonder how many couples broke up during this because you were right. stuck with people. Yeah. And you, know, you, you you learn quickly who you can stand and who you cannot. Yeah. If you're forced to be around someone for a very long period of time. And that's kind of what looked like that where that was headed, where it's just these two people just not good for each other, being stuck together. Turns into a jewel heist. Yeah. Uh, directed by Doug Lyman. Yeah. Which is, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This now looks even more interesting. So, yeah, I'm down for that. And it's soon, too. It's yeah. like... Uh, 15th. I did, 15th, I yeah, think so it was. Same day as WandaVision, so next weekend. Yeah, or, yeah so next, this week, this coming weekend. Um, yeah, so if that's... Wow, we could... Or wait, is it? Yeah. Oh, that okay, would be maybe. this Friday. Yeah. Because um, I also found uh, one other film that I really wanted to see that's coming out is um, One Night in Miami. That's coming out on Amazon Prime. That is uh, Regina King. Mm-hmm. Her directorial debut. About a real world event that did happen in Miami. Where you had Malcolm X. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. All the same place at the same time. Yeah, all in the same hotel room. Just kind of hanging out. Um, and it just seems like that would be a really interesting film. I'm trying to find out who the other characters are in that. I, I saw the trailer once and I'm like, that's enough. I don't want to re- look up more on it. Is that out now? Isn't that I out think, now? I think the 15th as well. Yeah, Friday it comes out. Uh, yeah, you've got Cassius Clay, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. All in the same hotel room. I like Sam Cooke. I do too. Also dead. Oh, Michael Imperioli plays Angelo Dundee. Fame <laughs> boxing trainer. I can't stand Michael Imperioli. Really? Yeah. Oh. I I just, I can't stand him. Even when he shows up as Dwight, Dwight Sensei? The very end of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Sensei Ira, or whatever his yeah. name was. <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, we also watched that. Speaking of, we're on. I'm on Amazon now. We watched the. We'll probably watch that. The lie. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's any great piece of cinema, but yeah, uh, Robin and I will watch it. Mm-hmm. That's the one with. I'm your woman. Looks good as well. Oh, what's that's that? a '70s crime caper starring the uh, the main actress from um, Miss Maisel. Oh. Uh, and it doesn't look like her at all. Like it, I was like, "That's her," but that also looks quite good. Again, everything 
like Vast of Night that ended up on a lot of the top ten lists. It's been out for a while, but what are you looking at? Oh, this Vast of Night. Yeah, it's like a alien film from the fifties. What? Yeah, but that made a lot of top ten lists. There, oh, I'll watch that. A- Amazon and Netflix and Hulu are putting out a lot of really good original programming right yeah, now. Yeah, because I hadn't, I hadn't, because uh, usually Amazon is not where I go to browse. Me either. I go there when I know something's on it. Yeah, it's just so, exactly how I do it. Because I came across the Uncle Frank char- uh, character, the Uncle Frank trailer was in front of a YouTube video that I was watching. Mm-hmm. So that's what led me to that because I wanted to go over and put it on the list, um, and then I was like, "My God, there's like, well, there's all these movies that you and I are looking at right now that just Amazon original, Amazon original, well, that's the other Amazon thing you original get with streaming, like that you don't get by going to the theaters or even renting movies. You don't get because I, I noticed that when I watched Alive on DVD the other day, it had like nine trailers in front yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm like, this is how you used to learn that things existed. Yeah, now it's like. If, unless you're specifically scrolling through something, you don't notice that all these movies are out. You know what would be a good idea for every streaming company? And I'm this is a free idea. Mm-hmm. Have a channel mm-hmm. or a, a, a group that is just the trailers of your originals. Yeah, don't do it when I'm trying to scroll down on right. Netflix so that it starts a fucking trailer like, every time I move. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. But, yeah, that's annoying. Boy. What a fucking horrifying, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even want to call it a feature of, of uh, I hate that. I hate it. I guess you can turn it off, but I haven't figured can I haven't you? Done it. Can you? I, maybe. I probably uh, can. But yeah, it would that, be great if, if there was a section of every single streaming service that was, and they were all like just chronological. Or, or if it's not even a trailer. Just, I mean, if it's not a channel, have a little, on your watch next, have that be the yeah. first thing that pops up. Trailers for January. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that guy who does it on YouTube. Yeah. Who does, like, the things you might have missed on Netflix or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why aren't they doing that on their own channels? Yeah, he's it pretty good. It seems like that would be a pretty the, th- easy thing to do. The only downside with him is it's very specific. To what he likes. To, and th- yeah. that's totally fine. Uh, yeah, because like, he and I actually have very similar tastes. Yes, you but, Yes, you guys, that's where I got your t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, was from him. Nice. And we say that, and I can't. Even th- his name is Darren Van Dam. I can't. Think oh, of I don't it. even know his fucking Flick name. Flick Connection. Or, yeah, is the name of the site, or the name of their YouTube channel. Oh yeah, why doesn't Netflix have that? You're asking the wrong com- dude. Com- coming soon. Yeah. Um, and even if it a wasn't half an hour of trailers, even if it wasn't just coming soon, it's like hey, here's all the stuff that that's already out. Yeah. Also, you know, like yep. this is this is yep. our here's all our trailers. Yep. Um, yeah, because like Darren Van Dam is not going to tell you about Uncle Frank. No. This, you know, that, that Uncle Frank's on Amazon Prime. He's mm-hmm. going to tell you, he'll tell you that this one is. What's weighed in the water? Eh, it looked okay. Because at first I watched it because I thought it was, uh, who do you think that is? Just quick glance. Kind of looks like Nick Frost. Yeah, but, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's very not. No, there's too many awards mentioned at the top for that to be Nick Frost. <laughs> That's why I watched the trailer. I was like, wait a second. This might be interesting. Click over to it. What uh, is it? Wait, the film is Wade in the Water. Do you want to pause way. and watch the trailer? Sure. Yeah, I don't care. I, I've already seen it. Okay, what'd you think of that? Yeah, that's going on the list. Yeah. 
That looks uh, really, really good. Any, anytime you see the phrase thrown about a 21st century tax driver. That can also be a warning. Yeah. It's a bold, yeah. bold uh, statement. That's but, the sort of thing, if uh, I saw that quote in a review about my movie, I'd be like, no, nah, don't use that. Yeah, please don't. Don't use that on the, on the yeah. Blu-ray. I don't need that kind of heat. Yeah, that, that sets expectations really fucking high, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. Uh, you know what I really like about this movie? 89 minutes. 89 minutes. Yep, no. Get your uh, shit in and out. And... Yeah, well, when I first, when the first time I watched the trailer, uh, Robin and I were looking for a movie to watch together, so this was not considered at all. Um, well, what's funny is you don't even, like, the stuff that it says in the, the write-up, our man receives a misdelivered package, it arrives in his post office box, bearing a horrifying secret, one that will set him on a collision course with a predator. You don't get any of that from the no, trailer whatsoever. I hadn't read that at all. First time hearing of any of it, and I've watched this trailer three times. Yeah, no, that you don't get that from the trailer at all, but you still get a nice enough sense of unease from the trailer yeah. that something's going to happen. Seems like a slow burn of a film. The more I think about the 89 minutes, the more I like it, too, because the one thing I don't like about movies like this is that they just go on too long. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't like feeling this uneasy for this long. Yep. Yeah, an 89-minute slow burn? Perfect. Let's watch this this week. A two-hour and 20-minute slow burn? No, yeah, agreed. Your burn wade, is, wade in the water. Your we'll burn is too slow. And we will talk. <laughs> Use some accelerant, damn it. Damn it, dump some gas on this motherfucker. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Let's watch that this week and uh, see if we like it. Because it looks damn good. And yes, it definitely looks like a film that that dude would have recommended to us. Yeah, so long story short, there's a bunch of, uh, the you talked about it last week, Sound of Metal uh, is also on Amazon Prime. That's getting like Oscar That's buzz. really good. I um, watched that and that was Is so that 89 good. minutes? No, it's about two, I think. Uh, two hours, yeah. Uh, yeah. One minute over two. Fucking get it right, Dan. But damn it, Riz Ahmed, he can carry two hours. So I'll put... Did you watch I'm, I'm Your Woman? I have we not. Just, it just... Okay. That looks like some... I'm down for 70s era... Uh, Brosnan. Bros, Brosnan. Rachel Brosnan. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm down... Like, 70s era crime films are yep. my jam. So... Uh, it's also where the, the tool, the ultimate review... Well, it was... It, the, the tool documentary was... In amongst all the other movies that uh, that I was watching trailers for, so I watched it. I went on, and if you go, on, it's fun when you watch something that so few people have watched. There's like four reviews yeah. for the Tool documentary. I'm like, like you I'm almost like, expect to get a thank you from someone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, we noticed you watched this. Thanks. I'm <laughs> one of like five reviews for that movie. Uh, I don't even know what I wrote now. It's something. Did I? I just wrote, Tool deserves a better doc. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a plan. We'll watch that um, not Nick Frost movie this week. Yeah. Not Nick Frost taxi driver movie is what we'll call it. I've already forgotten what Wade in the Water. Wade in the Water. You know what would be great is, title if, is if his name is Wade. I'm sorry, that would ruin the whole movie. It totally I would. would just turn it off. It was like, wait. <laughs> and he lives on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wade, get out of the water. Wade, get out of the water. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so that'll be this week's viewing. Um, yeah, we should get back to that. We did that for a while. Yeah, where we were we, watching the same, same movie. Same movie a week, yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense for you to just sit here and, and, and me tell you the movies that I tell you about Uncle Frank, and you're like, yeah, okay, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I mean, it helps me, much like many of our listeners, hopefully, it, it, it gives me a desire to watch the film. Sure. Yeah, or yeah, you you at least get what's worth watching. Yeah, is it worth it? Um, I think we'll. I think Robin and I. That's maybe that. Uh, the lie I think is maybe the next Robin and I movie that we'll watch. I'm not expecting much from it. That's the. Is that Peter Sarsgaard? Is that his name? Yeah, uh, I like him. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, and uh, Joey King, who was in that. Hulu series last year that Robin really the, liked. Faking the illness with, yeah. with uh, Roseanne, Patricia Arquette. And she, they yeah. both got all kinds of buzz from it that uh-huh. she's in this. Apparently she maybe murders her best friend and maybe doesn't. I don't know that you ever really know. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those type of movies and it's about the parents trying to cover it up because obviously they don't want her kid going to jail. I don't know. Uh, what was the other thing that was similar to that but really good? Oh, the one... With the two people, with Blake Lively and oh, Anna Kendrick, the Paul Feig movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a simple for... favor or something like that. Yeah, that was really good. Cool. That was that, good. That was one that made a lot of people's hit like hidden gem list for the year that yep. came out because. Just to look at the... I, I'm saying movie poster. I know it didn't have a poster. Uh, just looking at the box art. Yeah. Um, it almost looks like every... Yes. Yes. Buddy girl, ro- buddy girl movie from the 2000s. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, it's very... It's, it's really good. I, I might have given... If I didn't give it a four, I gave it a three and a half. Uh, but I, I really like that movie. Robin really liked it. Uh, that's totally worth watching. That's... Uh, same sort of vibe is what I'm getting from this live movie, but I'm I'm frankly not expecting much from it. Uh, but either way, yeah, let's let's watch that uh, Wade in the Water for next week and watch that Superman movie too. That's okay. That's very quick. That's Easy like to, eight seven, minutes. seventy minutes. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Eighty-six. Yeah, actually, it's pretty long for a DC yeah. movie. All um, new featurettes: Lobo, Natural Force of Chaos, and Martian Manhunter: Lost and Found. Yeah, well, there. That's pretty good. All right, so uh, we made it to an hour and 25 minutes. We stretched very little material. We keep it right around an hour and a half. Uh, tight, keep it tight. 90. All right, so the, that's the plan for next week. We'll see you then.